The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Canopoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. is as always it's snoor as promised today we are talking about summer house reunion part two the finale of the entire season and love match atlanta i want to talk about love match atlanta first because uh that's how we wrote my notes <laughs> um i love this show okay this is only the second episode of the show and i really really love it i just i feel like it has that married to medicine quality up to it where there is real standing relationships, but also a desire to be on television that's happening here and also no fear of talking shit, which I really love. So we pick back up at this mixer that Joseph had thrown and um, the matchmaking duos have taken the moment to remind everybody that whatever ideas Joseph has, they've had first, which I think was kind of shady, but also hilarious because like there are only like 10 other people at this quote unquote mixer. So it's not really like they were really encroaching on like massive clientele or anything. But while this is all happening, uh, everybody is just giggling. Uh, besides Joseph and Paris, obviously, they're super mad, super offended. Shay and her friend, whose name I did not write down, are cracking up because it's hilarious. The whole thing is ridiculous and hilarious. So <laughs> matchmaking duo comes down and Joseph is like, what the fuck was that? And they get super mad and Paris... <laughs> Paris comes over and she says that it's time to leave and she can tell them nicely or unnicely. <laughs> she says it multiple times. She says nicely or unnicely. She says <laughs> it's funny because she's somebody who also knows what like unscrupulous means, but also keeps saying nicely or unnicely. But while there's like this kerfuffle between Joseph and the matchmaking duo. Joseph also gets mad at Shay for laughing because he calls himself 
um, a matchmaker, I guess, a certified matchmaker, or he's trying to create a university for certified matchmakers, but it doesn't make any sense because he's not even certified himself. So Shay obviously thought that that was hilarious, and Joseph did not take kindly to it, and he also asked her to leave. So the matchmaking duo, Shay and her friend, are kicked out, and while all this is happening, Ming uses a moment to work on her hustle. She's like, oh... <laughs> This is so stupid. They're all fighting, but there's all these people that I could be recruiting. Um, so Joseph, to me at this point, seemed really ridiculous and annoying and arrogant and pompous and all the things that I think everybody else in this group of people think of him. Um, but then there was this client that they have come, um, and I'm an asshole because I didn't write down her name, but they have this client come and they're talking to her and it turns out that she's somebody who was set up by or was on an Instagram live, I think, or a YouTube live. I don't know. Can you do lives on YouTube? I don't know. But by Kevin Samuels. Now, I have just gotten to know Kevin Samuels. I guess in like the social black social media circles, Kevin Samuels is a known person. He was a YouTuber and he became well known as being a relationship advice expert. But the thing about him and his relationship advice, uh, I guess his uh his approach was just a massage noir just like hatred of black women just putting down women just a ton of misogyny and it's really sad because i guess he just died recently but even the way that he died was like very sketch he was super fat phobic super misogynistic it was just all really bad i'm just repeating what I've heard from black women. So this is not really my opinion, but it's generally seems like the opinion of most black women who he used to put down. His entire brand was putting down black women. Anyway, so they show this client that they have, and it's this woman who I guess went on an Instagram live or something with Kevin Samuels. They don't use his name, but she went on it with him and um, he essentially berated her and because he berated her this went viral and then she got harassed on the internet which is horrible so she's a new client of theirs and they're usually using the moment to like give her a makeover and like lift up her spirits and like work on her self-esteem and I mean look Joseph might be a douchebag but like he was doing something amazing in this. I mean, he was genuinely horrified by what happened to this woman. It seemed like he was not supportive of Kevin Samuels or anything that he was about. So, you know, I always say even annoying people can do right sometimes. Assholes can do good sometimes. I'm not saying that like Joseph is a major asshole, but he can be on the right side of this while also being on the wrong side of stealing content or ideas from other business owners, you know? Then we see the matchmaking duo. We learn more about them. We learn about their single mom journey. They became close friends while they were both going through divorces. And we saw later on a scene with Kelly and her kids and how she had climbed from like, you know, she used to have this amazing job and then she got divorced and it was really difficult on her and her kids. She became a single parent and she had to go and get food stamps and she shares that she carries her little ID that she got the day she went in to file for food stamps. And I mean, it's pretty amazing. Her kids are crying. I was crying. She was crying. Everybody's crying. But she went from food stamps to like $25,000 per client business. That's incredible. That is truly incredible. Um, I also love that the show, everybody, all the matchmakers encourage therapy. Like even Joseph, when he's talking to this girl who was like harassed by Kevin Samuels, he's talking about like, what have you learned about yourself? And she's like, you know, I've been working through therapy and I've learned that I need to like work on, um, myself and all this stuff. Like, I really appreciate that this show constantly encourages therapy because I never, ever saw that a millionaire matchmaker, like ever, right? Like we never saw that. But there's a lot of concepts on this show that I think are still fairly, like, not common in um, black in the black community, in most um, minority communities. Asians, South Asians, Latinos, black people, we don't really talk about therapy. Like, therapy is a joke for a lot of our parents. Like, they think, like, therapy you only go to if there's, like, something mentally wrong with you, right? Like, if you need to be, like institutionalized or something and I really appreciate that this show keeps talking about the emphasis on therapy like I think Shay was like I love therapy I was just at therapy this week like I always say <laughs> that therapy is the best thing I've ever done for myself as an adult so I just really appreciated that about the show 
They also have one of Shay's client who is a sex blogger and they set her up on a date with a bisexual man. And while there are things that the woman likes, there are some things that she doesn't like. And I thought just off the bat, it was really nice to see a woman be on a date with a bisexual man. Again, there is a lot of stigma against bisexual men, especially in communities of color. We, they do not, we do not deal with it well. And I really appreciated that this showed like, yeah, of course I'll go on a date with a bisexual man. Like, it's fine. I'm queer. They're queer. It's fine. I think that there's a lot more acceptance of queer women, but there's never really acceptance of bisexual men in that way. You know, gay men are appreciated, but they're only appreciated from the sense of like, okay, this is a gay man that I can have as an accessory. Women don't necessarily think that bisexual men are acceptable. I mean, there was an entire storyline on Insecure about it. So then we essentially end on this episode with the same interaction that we started with. It was matchmaking duo versus Joseph, and it ends with matchmaking duo and Joseph meeting again. This time Paris comes and they basically call him out on the shit that he did, that he stole their idea about a VIP matchmaking service, that he was not even certified matchmaker. And then after he spoke with them, he decided to get certified and then he started this matchmaking service. Again, I need to understand what it takes to be a certified matchmaker because maybe I just need another side hustle. Bill's got to get paid. <laughs> I feel like I have decent enough advice to give. Again, my matchmaking service would really also provide of service that reminds you that you don't actually need to be married (laughs) but that's just me um anyway essentially it ends with them deciding that they're not going to have any beef but it doesn't come uh, without a cost of paris popping off getting upset being called a baby he kind of baby talks paris which is very uncomfortable and strange but joseph kind of agrees to disagree and then says let's clean let's you know let's let bygones be bygones but he doesn't actually admit that anything he did was wrong or that he stole something he just keeps saying that all the ideas are generally just ideas that lots of people in the industry have i just appreciate his like arrogance and and delusion you know that makes for great reality television speaking of arrogance and delusion let's go to summer house reunion part two uh We open up on Danielle's moment. You know, she's really having a moment. She's very upset with Sierra. She says that she's developed so much hatred. And I don't know, guys. I feel like something is off with the editing. I don't think that Danielle said, I've developed so much hatred for you. Because if you look at the editing, there's a certain way that she says, from you later, that looks like it's almost an identical scene. And I am always weary of when Bravo gives us a sentence, but not somebody's face actually saying the sentence. It always feels choppy. But regardless, she was upset with Sierra because Sierra never reached out to her. And she says, you know, I know Maya said that you have remorse, but I just wish I heard from you. And um, Sierra says that she didn't realize that she threw the glass at her. It wasn't until the trailer... And she says that she apologizes and she knows that she's a lot better than that. And Danielle mouths, you are. You are better. So I don't know. Say what you will about Sierra and Danielle and how you might receive the way they are behaving. But at the end of the day, these are two women who have beef against each other that they've kind of figured out how to deal with between themselves. And I think maybe it's time to like put a cap on that feud. I just don't think it's that serious. Um, Sierra says that she was just hurt that day not that it makes it's an excuse but she says that she was hurt because Lindsay had been telling everyone that she slept with Austin and Montauk that weekend or the weekend before or something now we get the first set of so much unseen footage and I need to ask Bravo why was this unseen footage why why aren't we getting this footage I'd like to see it thank you she tells in this in the unseen footage Lindsay tells Kyle during the week in New York that she went skinny dipping and slept naked in a bed with him. Kyle repeats this information to Maya. Maya then repeats it to Sierra and Paige. And this is this is the, the moment where we saw on the season when Sierra goes to the bathroom and she starts crying and Paige tells Sierra to fuck this bitch up. Okay, so get back to the reunion and Lindsay says, for the record, she did not hook up with Austin and Montauk. 
And Kyle says the whole house heard it. And Danielle rightfully calls it out and says, no, Kyle, you're the reason why the whole house heard it. You told everyone. And Amanda and Kyle are such weasel pieces of shit. Amanda's like, so what? Just because Kyle told everyone it's not true? Then we get a flashback of the rest of the conversation with Lindsay where she specifically tells Kyle she did not hook up with him. She would have, but she didn't. So all of this happened because of Kyle. You guys, that explains why Kyle is so calm at the dinner. That explains why Amanda and Kyle are just like sitting there. That explains why suddenly everybody's totally fine to give Sierra hugs and kisses afterwards when she threw a glass at a person. Because Kyle is the reason why all of this got blown out of proportion. Kyle's the reason why he why she got as mad as she did is because he's the one that's spreading this shit. Anyway, Lindsay clarifies that she did not hook up with him. The flashback confirms that. And Sierra says something bizarre, which is the hurt is the same whether he entered you or not. What is with the penetration talk, guys? What what is this? Entered you. What? How dare you? That's what I sounded like right now. Beast. How dare you? Entered you. How dare you? It's just such a weird way of talking. Who talks this way? Who talks this way? Anyway, Andy asks, where do we go from here? And Lindsay says, she could have done things differently, but it can't just be on her. And she says, I tr- you try to have one conversation with me. And then we cut to unseen footage of three instances of them talking. And I have to say, I know that this was shown as a way to discredit Lindsay by saying like, oh, Lindsay, like she talked to you more than once, right? But even in the instance, to me, it just proved, Sierra, you've had this conversation with Lindsay multiple times. I don't know why it was so confusing for you. Yes, you've talked to her multiple times and she's told you the exact same thing multiple times. So I don't know what the confusion was for Sierra. But anyway, Lindsay says she doesn't hear any accountability on Sierra's side about the things that she said to hurt her. And Sierra's like, what did I say? And Lindsay says, the things that you said about me at the Italian dinner were really nasty. And you never apologized for it. And I gotta say, okay. The next thing that Sierra did, it put her into a, uh, I'm going to say a candy gal category. There is something about somebody doing something nasty and not apologizing for it, but apologizing for something adjacent to it. It's a level of housewivery that I just love. It's bold. Sierra says that she does not take back anything, but that she would... (laughs) That she wishes that she hadn't done it in the group. I apologize for doing it in the group, is what she says. Something along those lines. And I I gotta appreciate it. I gotta appreciate the fact that Sierra said those things and meant it. And she was like, I'm not gonna apologize for this. I believe those things about Lindsay to be true. And I just gotta say, it kind of made me respect Sierra in a certain way. I don't know. It's It's almost like villainy adjacent. I like it. I like it. It's bold. Keep at it. Andy asks, did you give, Sierra, did you give Austin the same level of heat that you gave Danielle and Lindsay? And Sierra says that she got an earful. He got, Sierra says he got an earful off camera a month later. And to that, I got to say, fuck that. Fuck that. Why does Austin get to be protected to have these conversations off camera? Why is it that at the house... At the house, Sierra is chasing around after Lindsay, trying to talk to Lindsay. But when Austin's talking to her, she doesn't have a fucking word to say to him. She's going to save that for off camera. But Lindsay says, is that when you hooked up with him? And Sierra says, yes. And everybody's shocked that she actually slept with this man. It's super embarrassing. And she says, but never a fucking again. I don't believe you, Sierra. I'm sorry. I don't believe you. I don't. I think that Muppet Mouth disgruntled octopus is going to get you again, honey. And you're just dumb enough to fall for it. Then we get the Paige, Craig, and Andrea love triangle. And we obviously get the little snippet, little package where where Paige calls herself the luckiest girl in America or the happiest girl in America. But remember, Lindsay has a brothel for hooking up with multiple men one summer. Um, Andy asks basically like you dated Craig even though you've been watching Southern Charm and you're aware of who he is (laughs) and Paige just giggles 
Um, they ask Andrea, how do you feel being rejected multiple times by <laughs> Paige? And uh, he says he's actually happy for her and that he's just happy that it worked out for the both of them. Um, because if she didn't do that, then he wouldn't have gotten Lexi. And Andy asks, uh, or he says that Kristen Cavallari apparently has denied it. They get, apparently you're not even allowed to say her name. It was so strange. But um, Andy says Kristen Cavallari has, Kristen C has denied it and is, um, and says that Craig is just capitalizing off of her name. Do we believe Kristen or Craig? And everyone says Craig. But you have to pay attention to Paige because she is just tickled. She is so happy. Like, you could just look at her face. She's just so fucking thrilled. She's just happy to be fucking someone who has been deemed worthy to enter Kristen Cavallari. <laughs> In the words of Paige. They ask, did Craig apologize to Lindsay for calling her a loser? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's such a hilarious question. Hey, Lindsay, did Craig apologize to you for calling you a loser? <laughs> Andy. And Lindsay says no. She said that he addressed it with her, but he didn't apologize. There's no surprise here. But at this moment, suddenly, Paige uses it to be just a massive victim. She says that apparently Lindsay had known about the Kristen Cavallari thing for a month and only said it on camera and only brought it up at that moment because she knew it was going to be happening on camera. Lindsay straight up denies knowing for a month. Everyone says Austin told everyone. So now suddenly Austin is a beacon of, of truth, which is very confusing. But they say Austin told everyone. And then it's paraphrased to, okay, maybe it wasn't a whole month, but you had known prior to that weekend about it and you did it on camera and then Amanda says that you hold information essentially until filming again I'm just confused about why we're suddenly listening to Austin like the guy who caused all the drama between the other women is suddenly honesty okay Paige says that Lindsay is essentially diabolical in that way right like we know that Paige calls Lindsay diabolical but Paige says that when Lindsay brought up Kyle cheating on camera on her first season of the show that it ruined him and she just never got over that and Carl claps back and says um is that why you brought up the Lindsay having sex with Luke thing on camera and of course Paige puts it on Hannah she says oh it was just on Hannah um if you go to the she speaks bravo Instagram account she posted a clip of actually Hannah and Paige and Amanda talking about this sudden rumor from a internet psychic that Hannah was going to, whatever the hell that was, from last season. And Paige is fully in on it. It's not Hannah's idea. So, of course, Paige just denies it. She takes never takes any accountability. And Luke says he got drilled in the kitchen. <laughs> okay, whenever, whenever they cut to Luke, I'm just reminded of how handsome he is. <laughs> Like my notes just say, Luke says he got drilled in the kitchen and then I wrote a hard eye emoji, I'd like it if you drilled me in the kitchen. <laughs> what is wrong with me? I'm a mother of two. Anyway, back to Paige. She's a liar. And it's just so strange because they ask like multiple questions to the group about whether or not Lindsay does these premeditated things. They ask Carl and Paige says, he's never going to take my side. Yeah, obviously Paige, he's not going to, Paige, you've been giving Lindsay the cold shoulder this whole time. You obviously hate her. He won't even make eye contact with her. Why would he defend you or agree with you? Obviously, he's not going to take your side. That's Lindsay's boyfriend. What do you want from him? Anyway, Amanda says that Lindsay's not a girl's girl. And then we get all these flashbacks to like a sexy car ride, a nipple sucking moment with Andrea's brought up. And it's just so strange because Amanda... Now I understand she is really still holding on to resentment from being told that Kyle cheated on her, right? Like it's now Lindsay's fault, not Kyle's fault that Kyle cheated on her. It's Lindsay's fault that Andrea sucked on her nipple. It's Lindsay's fault that Andrea was flirting with her in the car. It's Lindsay's fault that Craig was hooking up with Kristen Cavallari and didn't tell Paige. It's Lindsay's fault because Lindsay's the person that shared that information or Lindsay was partially involved. And like, of course, Lindsay's not innocent. She definitely flirts with everybody. But 
it's very obvious that Amanda has been holding on to this hatred against Lindsay because she hates the fact that Lindsay is the reason why Amanda looked like an asshole on camera. Because if this didn't happen on camera, Amanda would have continued to make us all think that she and Kyle are very happy, right? Like, even though they continue to fight, they really think they're pulling the sheep's wool over our eyes because they really think they're doing a great job of showing their love story. And we see later on that Amanda definitely has a lot of resentment against Lindsay and Carl, um, especially their relationship, but we'll get to that later. I definitely think that there's a moment where this is this is actually the moment where they take a break, right? They take a 10 minute break and we get this hot mic moment between the babies, the under 30s, basically. And that's that's the way the couch is broken up. It's like over 30s and under 30s. <laughs> the over 30 women do not get along with the under 30 women, except for Maya. I'm not sure about Maya, but it seems like everybody else just hates each other. But they take a 10 minute break and we get this hot mic moment between Paige and Amanda. Paige says, I'm done with them. Amanda says, Carl works for us. Carl's a friend. He's been an important part of our life for so long. Carl works for us? For us? Oh, it's us now, right? Because Amanda, you're part of Loverboy now because you're married to Carl. Oh, so it's, sorry, you're married to Kyle. So now it's us. He works for us. Mm, Okay. Paige says, Carl's an asshole. And Amanda says, I think he's tainted by Lindsay. And Paige says, I think the word is manipulated. And then they come back to from commercial. And there's this like Lindsay and Carl love story package. And Amanda is all smiles. All smiles the whole time. She's so happy. Meanwhile, she was just saying that Carl is tainted and manipulated by Lindsay. Like, it's just so fucking fake. Um, also, while Lindsay's explaining what happened between her and Carl between like Labor Day, the prom weekend, and Kyle and Amanda's wedding, <laughs> for some reason we're interrupted by Sierra's stomach growling. <laughs> I was just confused about why they kept that in. It was so strange. Anyway, um, Lindsay says that she has been sober for Carl, but now as she initially, even though she did it for him, she's continuing it for herself. And even though she knows that she won't ever not drink again, she just, her relationship with alcohol is different. She also clarifies that she's not pregnant. Um, They ask, is Carl and Lindsay's Instagram um, a PR campaign for their relationship? I mean, I'm on board with that campaign. (laughs) Give me more. I enjoy it. Um, they ask, why does no one in this house like their posts? And it's so funny because you could tell by Lindsay's face that this is like suddenly something she should be paying attention to. <laughs> it's like she's never heard that before. And and like Amanda is like, oh, I blame the algorithm. But like obviously the hot mic moment is definitely more telling about why they probably don't like their posts. But it's just so funny to watch like Lindsay's little hub house wheels churning like uh uh-oh now she's gonna go and check she's definitely gonna check and she's definitely activated um they uh go on to talk about danielle and carl's past and um i just want to give a shout out to kicks and tom hamlet from dumpster dive who introduced me to the term otphj because otphj is very much the way of life for conservative people (laughs) (laughs) for young for young conservative kids growing up in america dating but not having sex i'm just talking about friends i know i wouldn't know personally no no not me not at all anyway danielle says it's fine she said that the only thing she was worried about was the dynamic in their friendship because the three of them are very very close and and that's it i mean Here's the thing. They call Lindsay a not a girl's girl because she, you know, makes out with Austin and she and Andrea were flirting and all this stuff. But like if Danielle doesn't care that Lindsay is dating her ex-boyfriend or Danielle doesn't care about the fact that like even recently, a couple of years ago, Craig and her or Carl and her like hooked up and now Lindsay's like, who are you guys to care? You're not even with these people. You're not with Andrea. You don't even like him. You don't want to make out with him. You don't want to be with him. You wanted to be with Craig. You rejected him multiple times. I just, I don't get it. Um, They ask if they are going to move in together. And this is, ooh, this is a smoking gun for Amanda. 
Amanda is shocked that they are talking about buying a house and her body language. Oh, you could tell she is seething with jealousy. She is just, ah, I could feel it. I could feel it. I could feel the tears welling up in her crazy little head. Um, they ask, Andy asks, who is down for this couple basically? And everyone raises their hand, but Andy does call out the fact that Sierra, Paige, and Maya are pretty hesitant. Um, Sierra says after some back of like a little bit of hesitation in her answer, she says, as long as Carl's happy, it doesn't really matter. Well, what about Lindsay? Why can't Lindsay be happy? I, I just don't understand. I, I, and honestly, the more they hate Lindsay, the more I kind of like her. Cause I just, I hate a pylon. So anytime they do this, like I'll be honest, the season that was Amanda's first season, they were horrible to her at the reunion. And I hated that. And I really liked Amanda as a result because I hate a pylon and just feels like a pylon and I hate it. And it just makes me love Lindsay more. Also hashtag never going to side with Paige. Um, Amanda says, uh, what I obviously knew she was thinking, which is she turns to Carl. Ugh, she, God damn, everybody's name with this cuss sound and it's fucking me up. She turns to Kyle and she says, why can't we buy a house, Kyle? If they buy a house before us, you're dead to me. 100% she did not mean to get that on camera. 100%. And Kyle's like, oh, it's a bad market. But we know that for like years, she's been pining about a house. Like it was a couple of seasons ago that she was like, I want a house. I want a house. I want dogs. I want a house. And Kyle was like, oh, I can't give that to you yet because of the business, the business, the business. And it's just very obvious. Like that's it. Amanda just hates Lindsay and Carl because they are more beloved than Amanda's dysfunction and Paige and Craig, Crage, cringe, really. But I think like that's what it is at the core, right? Amanda wanted to be the fairy tale. She knows that Kyle is like the dad of the house. She knows that he is the lead of the house. It's his summer house. And she knows that a lot of their love story, if you want to call it that, was played out on the show. And she wants that to be sort of like front and center. And the fact that it's not, I think it drives her crazy. Um, then we go to the conversation that Sierra and Maya had about race with the house. And we talked about this earlier on our show. It was one of the best things I've ever seen on television. Um, Kyle says that it reminds him, it reminded him to pay more attention because it's just things that he never thought he needed to think about. And, um, I have to say like Sierra, even though I think that she has so much more to grow, and she just drives me crazy. And I think that she's so immature and so stupid in the way that she does things. I like Sierra and Maya together because you can tell that Maya is the friend that Sierra needs. And I, and Paige isn't it, right? Like when Paige is, Paige is there, that's not a good friend to you. Like Paige is not your friend, Sierra. Keep Maya around. Maya is your friend. Maya is actually going to talk sense to you. And I think... I hope that Sierra sees that and I hope that she kind of distances herself from Paige because Paige is a disaster. Maya says that if it wasn't for Sierra helping her identify her feelings, they wouldn't have even been able to have that conversation. And I think that that's so important. That is why you need people who look like you around. Because if you don't have somebody who's lived your experience or something similar to it, they're not going to be able to help you figure out your own emotions. It was really nice to see that friendship. Um, Alex retells a story about being called Bruce Lee and a caterer at the party. Um, Maya tells the group that she was called Sierra's sister and that it happens very often. And it's crazy because like the people that are doing these kinds of things, the people that are saying these things, the people who show up at the house are generally friends of the cast, right? It's like the cast friends and then their friends. But I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these people are like the TikTok influencers or whoever that like these guys invite to these parties. But they say like both um, Maya, Sierra, Alex, they say these things happen so often it just doesn't even feel worth worth it to like bring it up at this point. They ask Maya who had made the most effort after the conversation that you had with the group and Maya says Andrea. Now I have to say like Andrea's really, he's winning me over. I used to think that his accent wasn't even real. I'll be honest with you. I just thought he was like pretending. (laughs) 
And I really, really enjoyed him uh, this season. I really liked him. And the reunion, he's lovely. What a lovely guy. I can't wait for my mind to be changed. They asked Danielle, why were you purposefully quiet during the meeting? And this is where I'm like, oh my God, Danielle, what are you doing? Okay. (sighs) Jesus Christ. Okay. Danielle says it wasn't her place to talk about her experience of coming to the Hamptons for years and years because she's not black and her experience is never going to be the same of a black person. I was like, great, Danielle, you're doing great. And then she says, also, Sierra didn't acknowledge me as a person of color. I feel like you didn't see me the way I see myself. And she's crying. Let's take a pause there for a second. The question that Andy asked was, why were you purposely quiet during the meeting? And it confused me why Danielle said that because I did go back and watch the episode of this race conversation. And Danielle, during the confessional, is like really proud of them for having this conversation, right? She's really proud of them for having a conversation and all this stuff. They do flashback during the reunion to a moment on the beach where they are talking, Sierra and Maya, and Sierra is like, you know, this house full of white people, and I'm the only person of color in this house full of white people. And so I feel like that moment happened, and then the race conversation happened. And I feel like where Danielle loses me is the question was asked, why were you quiet during the meeting? And your reason for why you were quiet was that Sierra didn't acknowledge you as a person of color. And that is what confused me. Danielle, the reason why you were quiet during the conversation should have just been <laughs> that you didn't want to say anything and that and make it about yourself. That's fine. That is a great reason to stay quiet. You don't want to make it about yourself. We like everybody appreciates that. But then she says Sierra didn't acknowledge me as a person of color. But Sierra didn't acknowledge her as a person of color later on watching the show back right so like like, let's think about the timeline the conversation happens they filmed confessionals danielle talks in confessionals how brave and wonderful a man um maya and sierra are for having this conversation then the show starts playing they're watching the show since the confessionals likely have filmed the glass throw happens they see that the glass throw actually happened and she had a bruise in her chest as a result of the glass breaking on her chest they all realize oh god it was a lot worse whatever and then danielle realizes that sierra on the beach says to maya that is a house full of white people i just feel like those two things don't have anything to do with each other So it's like Danielle is now saying that she was quiet because Sierra didn't acknowledge her as a person of color, but she didn't say any of that during the show. And she didn't say any of that until she watched the show back and noted that Sierra said that on the beach. So while I think that it's perfectly acceptable, and I mean, who the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I to say if it's acceptable or not? I think it it makes sense. Look, if I put myself in Danielle's shoes, I mean, I am a person of color. If somebody said I wasn't and called me and bundled me in with a group of white people, I'd be mad. (laughs) I'd be really hurt too. I would also think that somebody doesn't acknowledge me as a person of color and somebody didn't see me the way I see myself. I would be upset too and I would definitely be hurt. But I don't, I wouldn't ever use that as the reason for why I chose to stay quiet during a moment when I didn't know that information. Does that make sense? Are you guys following? Should I make a drawing? I'm going to try it again. The group has this conversation. Danielle is very proud of them. She stays quiet. She says, I'm not going to get in their way. I think that they should have the ability to talk about their experience, and I don't want to make it about myself. During confessional, she says, I'm really proud of, of them. I've also had similar things happen at the Hamptons, yada, yada, yada. The trailer comes out. She's now got all these negative feelings about Sierra because Sierra has broken a glass on her chest. Then she's watching the show and she sees that Sierra doesn't acknowledge her as a person of color. So now Danielle's got all these negative feelings about about Sierra. And then she does what I think Cara Berry called it, her wine glass press tour. (laughs) Hilarious. She goes on this wine glass press tour and this is when we start to hear that Danielle 
gets was upset that Sierra didn't acknowledge her as a person of color. I think what is frustrating me with Danielle is that she is inserting this thought in the wrong place. By talking about her feelings as a person of color and feeling like her identity as a person of color was being diminished, bundling it up with this other moment that happened with the wine glass and all these other feelings that she has about her, the so-called hatred that she's built in her heart against Sierra. I think she's just conflating a lot of different feelings. And I think that when you start to bundle all of those things, you're making the point of the race conversation messy. Like, I think that it's perfectly fine for Danielle to be upset about those things. Like, she, I would be upset, like I said. She should be upset that somebody maybe doesn't see her as a person of color, and I can understand that. But at the same time, she's adding it in the wrong place. When she adds it into that place, she's taking away the point of the conversation, and then it becomes a polarizing discussion. And all that to say that I think the way Sierra handled it was perfect. Sierra says... She was specifically talking about being a black person in the Hamptons and she apologizes because she would never ever want to diminish Danielle as a person of color. I thought it was perfect. And then she says, look, I just have to be really politically correct. I have to use the right words and I didn't want to make it about that. I think Maya brings it up, right? Maya says that she didn't want to talk about the race factor because she didn't want it to be about race because it, it people assume that it always is going to be, right? And I can understand that for a lot of black people and what I've heard from my black friends is that sometimes when they say, oh, me as a black person, people sort of like get taken aback by it because they don't know how to react to that. So you, when you say person of color, it sort of makes it an easier pill to swallow for a lot of people. And I think the lesson to be learned here is that we shouldn't have to worry about being politically correct when it comes to our feelings. I think that we should say the words that we're feeling. I think that we should say the words that help, that are honest, that are true to us, that actually explain to people how we should be feeling. We shouldn't have to tiptoe around how we feel in a particular situation. And while I think it's admirable for Danielle to say, look, I am a person of color and it hurts me that you wouldn't see me that way, I think it's the wrong moment. Like Danielle is the champion of this is not the time, mama. Like (laughs) I think that she's just messing up by mixing the two. I think that it it conflates two thoughts and I think it makes things too messy and I think that people get too like bogged down with like the confusion of it all and I think it's like unfair right because I think that it doesn't help Danielle and it doesn't help Sierra it like it doesn't help the situation it's like the same thing as Danielle you shouldn't have gotten involved with Sierra and Lindsay because you didn't help the situation in this time in this moment I also say Danielle I think it's completely valid for you to feel upset that Sierra didn't acknowledge you as a person of color but I think that it's wrong for you to say that that's the reason why you were purposely quiet during the meeting it's not the reason why you were quiet during the meeting and honestly again I don't quite trust Bravo and how it edits things because even that thought was like it seemed spaced out in a certain way I don't know it was weird but anyway It seemed to me like between Danielle and Sierra, things are fine the way that they were wrapped up. And I think it was lovely the way that they talked about it was great, even the way they talked about the wine glass throw. So I don't know. I also feel like I think Kara Berry again mentioned this on her podcast, which is that Danielle feels like she's reacting and saying a lot of things based on social media and not necessarily what she feels in that moment. So once we get a to figure out where we're at with that, I think I'll be able to understand like Danielle's thought process more. But just as a surface level, absolutely she's in her fe- in in the right to feel like hurt about Sierra saying what she said, about Sierra not acknowledging her as a pe- person of color, but I just think that she's doing it at the wrong time. Okay. Kyle and Amanda segment. Um we just get the ups and downs of their dysfunctional relationship. The first thing that Andy talks about is like Amanda's dad being hot. Who is tweeting about Amanda's dad? Who? And then they show us the dad in his youth. And that's Kyle Cook with a mustache. <laughs> that's Kyle with a mustache. Okay. <laughs> that's weird. 
Um, Kyle says that he's hurt when Paige and Sierra make comments about how Kyle and Amanda shouldn't be together. And it's weird because, like, at the same time, does Kyle know that, like, Amanda is doing the same thing to Carl and Lindsay? I mean, I don't think he does. Maybe he does. I don't know. He was, like, posting on Instagram yesterday or this morning about how all of the social media stuff is like ripping their group apart and everybody's picking sides and it's so hurtful it's like okay well you're on a television show that's gonna happen but I don't know Kyle is the king of deflecting and making something starting to talk about something that doesn't actually make any sense because they ask about like Hannah's comment last season about how he talks to Amanda and then he says like oh it's not has nothing to do with me or Amanda or how I treat women it's just Hannah deflecting and it's an it's an actual deflection from Carl or god I keep doing this it's an actual deflect and deflection from Kyle and it's very awkward and it's so awkward that Amanda would rather talk about a prenup We get to this prenup segment and we find out no prenup was signed. And Amanda says that she is just so naive to what a prenup actually entails. (laughs) This woman says that she learned through tabloids what a prenup was. And everyone's like, yeah, bitch, you could have Googled it. (laughs) And she says that, yeah, she just she's lazy. And it's very clear that she has yet to still learn what a prenup actually is. And it's. It's maddening that, like, Paige is her friend, right? Paige is when they're like, oh, who's going to have a prenup? All the ladies raise their hand. And it's like, okay, now suddenly Paige is like, oh, yeah, you're going to sign a prenup. I'm going to sign a prenup. I'm a working woman and I make my own money and da-da-da. Like, okay, but where was this energy for your friend when you were talking to her on the beach telling her that, you know, you're going to take more everything and more than half and all that stuff? Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. It's just Amanda's an idiot and her friends are idiots. Um, Are Kyle and Amanda thinking of having kids? They say they're waiting and they genuinely seem happy, I guess. Um, Let's see how much happier they'll be if (laughs) Carl and Lindsay buy a house. Um, They ask, is Kyle married to work or Amanda? And Amanda says that Kyle is married to his job, but she appreciates the life he's building for them. Okay. All right. Time will tell. Let's see. Let's see what happens this summer. Then they start wrapping up and Andy has to ask Paige, why are you giving Lindsay the cold shoulder? Okay. What's the, what's with the, what's with the, what's with the, you know, the tense? What's with the weirdness? And Paige says that she is (laughs) working on her posture. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Working on your posture? what (laughs) she's classic page she doesn't own any of it she doesn't own any of it first she says it's because a majority of the people talking are sitting on that couch on the other couch so that's why i'm looking at them (laughs) she says she's working on her posture even though her posture is such that she is slumped on the couch the entire time and then she doesn't own any of it. And she says, oh, if I was shading her, Lindsay would call me out on it. <laughs> I think Lindsay did. I think she, she made it very clear that you're sitting uncomfortably. Anyway, Carl says that he's not trying to come at Paige. He's just trying to protect and defend his girlfriend. But, you know, he just he just wants her to know that there's no bad blood. So apologies for the bickering. And Paige says that she's just upset. She's, she appreciates that, but she's just upset because, you know, she actually airs everything out all summer. So now, now Paige is still holding on to when Carl said, you've only one, brought um, one boyfriend on the TV show. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Paige's big gripe with Parry last year or the year before was that he never decided to come on the show. And that clearly is a trigger. And it really hits a nerve for Paige. So Carl pointing that out, that Craig is the first boyfriend she's ever brought on camera, really upset her. And she has to remind him again that she actually airs everything out every summer. But again, Paige doesn't actually own anything. Um, Andy asks Lindsay, what are the success rates of the house relationships? And it seems like it's better than The Bachelor. And I don't really care what Lindsay's answer was, but I just cracked up that Andrea doesn't know what The Bachelor is. (laughs) He's like, he goes, he turns to Alex, he says, better than what? And Alex is like, The Bachelor. (laughs) He's like, the what? 
She's like, the show, The Bachelor. And Andrea goes, oh, they're crazy, huh? I don't know. <laughs> Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. I, I didn't know I'd love this man by the end of this. Honestly, when I watched him on Winter House, I was like, who is this con man? And why is he on my television show? And now I'm like, why are you so adorable? Anyway, the end, the episode, and the entire season with a toast using Maya's cookies that I know many people are still waiting for. Uh, I just wanted to point out that Paige holds the cookie and doesn't eat it. And I don't trust anybody who's going to hold a cookie in their hand and not eat it. Okay? That's it. Those are my thoughts. They showed a Southern Charm trailer. Uh, I'm not going to watch it. Didn't watch last season. Not going to watch this one. Apparently, there's too much Austin and yuck, yuck, yuck. No, thank you. And that's it. Those are my thoughts on Summer House. I love the season. I love the show. It's I still think one of the best. I do uh, hope that, you know, we get some exciting stuff between Carl and Lindsay this summer. Like, I'm excited to see what that relationship looks like. And I have a feeling it's going to be kind of boring. But let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see what Paige decides for herself on the show because she's I think she's trying to collect allies but I don't know if it's going to happen but they're going to start filming I think later this month they usually start filming like what after Memorial Day or maybe around July 4th I'm not sure but uh, it's about to start filming and I'm very excited for that um but that's it for this episode there is going to be an episode that drops later today or two I don't know when I'm releasing this to be honest it's very late (laughs) but I'm going to give you guys two Jersey and Beverly Hills episodes this week. One is going to be for recapping the one from last week and one is going to be recapping the one from this week. So the one from this week's uh, episodes, Reunion Part 3, and the second episode of the new Beverly Hills season is going to be out on Saturday and last week's episodes will be out later today. So nobody cares. Listen, you're subscribed to the feed, okay? You're going to get it when you get it, okay? I appreciate you for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.